Hello, hello, and welcome to the Amplify Your Confident podcast. My name is Ni, written as NY at www.dancewithme.com. This is a weekly podcast where I create fun, energetic, and informative conversation that helps you to amplify your confidence and live your life to the fullest. Are you ready for it? Let's go! Hello, hello everyone. Welcome back to the Amplify Your Confident podcast. I cannot believe it already episode 8 and today we have a beautiful, amazing guest speaker with us, Sean McKilver, and we're going to discuss a topic from surviving to thriving with her. Uh, welcome, Sean. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me. So excited. And um, before we jump into our conversation today, let me introduce you with our guest speaker. So it's going to be a little bit of story, different compared to what I normally do in the intro with our guest speaker. I'm going to just share a little bit of story here. So I got to know Shan to a very good friend, Luca, our guest speaker in episode two, actually, how to overcome your fear. If you haven't listened yet to that episode, please, I really highly recommend to do so. So my first impression with Shan was she is such a gorgeous lady with a lot of wisdom to share to the world, definitely very brave person as well, to be super vulnerable on social media. she actually an influencer with more than 70,000 followers on her social media, on her Instagram channel. What she shares on there, we're going to discuss later in our topic with Shan. However, I only, till only, I listened to her podcast, especially the one she recorded while she was in Vietnam a few weeks ago. I have felt much more connected with her the extreme emotion and her learning to be in a neutral space in life she mentioned in that episode has really resonated with me so i decided to slide into her dm and asked if she would like to join the amplified your confident podcast because i know her story is powerful motivating and inspiring to many of my audience in the last few years shan gone from being a broke university student to a struggling freelance designer into a growing entrepreneur and now a full-time content creator and a coach she made her personal brand one of her mainstream income and now she get paid to be who she is and lives where wherever she wants as a creator coach and mirror she has helped hundreds of people around the world activate their true calling, express their creativity, release their fears, and gain new confidence to be their self, online and offline. Shan, I cannot wait to share more about your amazing journey with our listener. Thank you very much again for joining me today. And welcome to the Amplify Your Confidence podcast. <laughs> Thank you, come on. <laughs> yeah, did you learn some Vietnamese while you uh, are in it. Vietnam? That's that's that you heard it all. <laughs> <laughs> and have you eaten quite a lot of Vietnamese food as well? As much as I can uh, as a vegan, but I I love it. I'll I'll basically any Southeast Asian food, I'm there. 
It's like mm-hmm. my comfort zone for food. I get so tired of Western food so quickly. So it's so nice to be back in the land of like fresh, fresh food, you know? Yeah. And a lot of uh, vegetables as well. So good. The best. Yeah. And I think because they're more and more also like expats coming to Ho Chi Minh as well to live. I think the, the um, uh, we have more like vegetarian food and vegan food as well. I think it's super easy to transfer Vietnamese food into a vegetarian yeah. or vegan dish. Like, uh, to be honest, uh, mm-hmm. a lot of Southeast Asian food is naturally very vegetarian friendly. They're mm-hmm. just not aware of it. Like you wouldn't yeah. label it vegan. Um, yeah, definitely. I grew up in Hong Kong and there's a lot of Chinese food that is naturally um, vegan because it's there's a lot of Buddhist food. So, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's super easy. It's just about reading the ingredients list. And I and I've started I'd like just can memorize like what is egg in Vietnamese, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. All right. So before we jump into our topic today, I have a small game with our guest speaker always in the first five minutes I'm gonna put you on a hot seat with five questions and then whatever come into your mind you're gonna just answer it so our audience gonna know more about you are you ready Let's go. <laughs> so the first one is what confidence mean to you in three words or just one sentence mm. confidence to me is being unapologetically yourself Beautiful. Uh, number two, what was one of your favorite memories from your childhood? <laughs> it's so random, but going, going to Disneyland with my family um, because my dad would work so much that when we would actually have quality time with him, we would go to Disneyland um, in Hong Kong or when we went to one in Tokyo or America and that was when he got to be his inner his inner child got to come out and we had such a fun time as a family just like laughing and I think those are like the best most yeah the most like carefree memories I have as a kid Mm -hmm. that's nice yeah um the third question is what is the best piece of advice you ever received Hmm. Um, okay. Everything is always working out for me Mm. as a saying, uh, as a perspective. Yeah. That's changed the way I live my life. Okay. Who, who did give you this? um, The person who actually coined it was Abraham Hicks. Um, Mm -hmm. However, where I heard it was from my sister, Maya. Mm -hmm. Okay, nice. Um, So number four is, how do you describe yourself in three words? And how do other people describe you in three words? Oh God. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) who knows um okay i suppose for me the first word that pops into my mind is animated uh Mm. i get that a lot that i'm very animated in the way i speak i would say genuine Mm. and emotional Mm -hmm. are the three things that i would use to describe myself um Mm. 
people's perspective of me perhaps is um ooh, hard hard vulnerable mm -hmm. I guess vulnerable is a big one I know you used that word earlier um ooh, multifaceted perhaps mm. and maybe maybe a little chaotic <laughs> <laughs> I don't see it from from your social media though. I thought you're so well, okay. The people that know me in person, I think they're probably like, yo. Yeah. But, oh. Yeah. Okay. Maybe if not chaotic, then I do hear people say classy, which is a nice one. Um, mm. People yeah. tend to use that word to describe me, but I'm also like I'm sitting on the floor on a pillow. <laughs> so I don't really yeah. know if that's classy, but anyways. <laughs> yeah. I do see the classy in you. I would say that whatever. <laughs> okay, so we come to the the last question. Oh, very fast. Um, mm -hmm. Because you are digital nomad, I know you also born and raised until I don't I don't read seven years old, ten years old in Hong Kong, right? And so it's sixteen years in Hong Kong. Oh. 16 years and then you yeah. move to to England but your father is not English he Irish no. yeah Irish. yeah so yeah I assume you already been to so many places in the world and my yes. questions is name quickly your five favorite places Ooh. yeah okay number one Botswana um <laughs> in africa that was the coolest place i've ever mm. been i got to go to the kalahari desert and the okavango delta and it was truly the most life-changing experience ever um i would go back there in a heartbeat i'd say the next one would be hong kong as that's mm. my home and mm. it will always have a special place in my heart third cappadocia in turkey i thought that was really cool i went when i was 14 15 so i don't really fully remember it but i just remember being there and thinking this is such a unique place i love it mm. um four would be porto escondido in mexico uh surf town something really magical there mm. and then five uh new york because mm. it's new york <laughs> <laughs> the end i have nothing to add to that <laughs> Wow, so cool. Yeah, I think one of the reasons I choose these questions because every place you need to explain why it's so special to you. And from there, audience going to learn a little bit more about you through the places. Uh, yeah. yeah. Thank you so much for these first five questions and open up with us. So now we can go to our next part. Let's discuss um, from surviving to thriving. Yeah, I think when I was looking at your website and also all of the content on your social media and what do you do, uh, what have you achieved so far to think of the topic like what we're going to discuss today with, with her. And I thought, okay, let's just pick that amazing quote in on your website when you put like from surviving to thriving to discuss uh, with the audience because I guess um, everyone have been through that stage in their life where they they live but they don't feel alive and how you actually can pick yourself up how you can make a decision and how you can 
make a baby step to work to flip yourself from one side to the other side and then shining again that is super important skill that everyone should have in their life so let's talk about this today. Um, so before we, we, we jump into a few questions, I would love you to share a little bit more about um, your story with the audience. So from the place of your biggest breakdown to your biggest breakthrough. Uh, yeah, so let's start with that. Let's start with uh, Shan a few years ago when you super lost with a lot of anxiety, yeah? Yeah. Um, so I'm 25 years old, mm-hmm. pretty young in the grand scheme of things. Sometimes people think, how can you possibly coach people when you've, when you've only had 25 years worth of experience? <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but I would say that I've had the gift of self-awareness and a resilience that I suppose was, was taught to me by my, by my mom and my sister. Um, and I've had a really great support system around me forever and um so i think i have this this innate sense of this innate belief that things are always going to f- figure itself out and i'm always going to be okay so even at my lowest moment um when i was 18 19 years old i always knew that somehow i would get out on the other side and i didn't know how and i didn't know why but i was riddled with severe cystic acne and I had just admitted to myself that I had an eating disorder and I was also healing off of coming the uh, coming off the birth control pill Mm -hmm. after five six years of being on it and what that did to my physical body let alone my mental health was nothing like I'd experienced before and no one around me was going through it. And at the time I had just moved to London uh, on my own to start university. And that in itself is a very stressful time um, for anybody, you know, going to a new environment and uh, trying to make it out in the world alone. And, and especially in London where, you know, it costs you like $500 to breathe. (laughs) So I was so so stressed and trying to to make my uni life fun and but I just couldn't honestly and I've never been formally diagnosed with anything I never formally was depressed or anxious or anything like that but I knew what it was like to be depressed and and to be anxious and to lose who I was and this person that you see now uh was nowhere near this like physically mentally emotionally energetically like you could feel that I I did not like who I was and I did not um, want to be there. And that was the, the I guess, the epiphany, the, the starting point for me that actually taught me how to, how to use my mind to, to, I suppose in a way, what you're doing is tricking yourself into believing that things are going to get better and, and the physical body then follows. So that was the lowest point. Um, and that was also the start of the rest of my life. And I feel like with I, without that experience, I would not, I would not be who I am in the sense that I would not be humble. Uh, yeah. I would have take, taken a lot for granted. I would not be kind. I really don't think. Um, I don't think I would be as grateful and I don't think I would have um, an appreciation for life and for people and more importantly for myself had I not gone through that. Yeah. And... I think what you went through 
uh, there are a lot of people also went through it, but I just think that the society society has taught us to not speak up, like the mm-hmm. problem of your skin, or uh, the problems as in such a young age, you live far away from home, you try to make it from yourself. And it feel like everyone nowadays, especially in Gen Z, people go abroad to to study yeah. a lot. Like every single of them, because the economy also getting better. But it doesn't mean it getting easier for everyone. It's that's the, a really good point. Yeah, yeah. Never thought yeah. of it that way, actually. And and also, I think with your acne problem i also like when i saw it i almost like it make me so emotional as well because when i in my teenager even until in my university until i'm 22 23 i also have that problems as well and i feel so ashamed you know like even though outside i'm trying to be okay with that but how could you be okay if everyone around you just talk about you like that like and i i think it's the nice things about what you share on Instagram because it's not for us. It's for us to educate others who don't have this problem as well, how they can use words and how they being aware of their behaviors toward us uh, can actually damage, damage our um, ourselves. Yeah. I feel like I, I think as well being Asian and having grown up in an Asian environment, there's an even more intense pressure to be perfect in your physical form, as well as your education, as well as, you know, in your love life and everything. You need to be absolutely perfect. And so I think I wasn't the smartest kid in the room. Uh, I was very good at what I was good at and interested in, but, you know, the math and science, I was like, what the hell? Like, I can't do this by. Um, so I, I think as a kid, I thought, okay, if I'm not going to be loved for my academic work, I can be loved for the way I look and people will accept me because I'm pretty and I will have something to give the world. And I'm not saying that's healthy, but that was fed into me as this idea that, okay, if you're, if you're a woman and you don't have something valuable to give, then your looks are what you've got. And so I put so much pressure on myself to be beautiful and to be, uh, yeah, to be noticed. And that's what led to the eating disorder, but all amongst many other things. But on top of that, that's why when the acne started coming out of my body and purging in the, in the way that it did, I had acne since I was 11 years old, but when I came off the pill, that's when it went really, really, really bad. Um, that felt like the end of my life. And when you zoom out, it's not that big of a deal, but because of the pressure that I felt to maintain an idea of me that was no longer there anymore, I felt like a failure to not only myself, but to everyone around me. And I felt this kind of as you said, the word shame and shame and embarrassment. And, and yeah. I didn't want people to be seen with me because I thought they would feel ashamed for being around me or knowing someone as quote unquote ugly as me. And that's yeah. all, so sad and not yeah. true. Yeah, definitely. So that happened how long ago? Uh, so I was 18 and mm-hmm. I came out of it uh, about mm-hmm when I was 19, 20, so I'm 25 now. So it's honestly yeah. not that long ago. No, yeah. and I believe it's still a journey until now because sometimes that would trigger back on you, you know, like because something that you 
it i think it it never easy to be healed totally 100% it like someday you feel like oh i'm healed that part of myself when i'm younger but one day it trigger back because something happened with you and also the skin is super super uh sensitive yeah. it yeah something can go back you know and then you scared and maybe from that moment you act our fear again of that so that's why i love to see what you put on social media to share about this because i just feel like well she she is not um yeah again ashamed she's super vulnerable and saying the truth of her journey because not every day she's gonna be shy and bright no definitely not <laughs> no. i mean right now i have good lighting on i've got some makeup on like my skin looks very very good um and it's gotten much better but i had a horrible breakout even like uh, a week and a half ago and that really knocked my confidence and made me feel like that girl again that 18 year old girl and it's a habit that you break and it's like a smoking addiction not that I've ever smoked but you know like you can pick it back up again and then you feel like no time has passed mm. um and I think that's something you know that really took me by surprise I was like oh my gosh like this is the worst breakout I've had in years um and and now I'm having to sit with that and go through the same things again like talking myself out of that spiral and and reminding myself that if I've gone through it once I can go through it again um and I think that's a you know, that's something that I didn't expect to be dealing with. And it's, it, it's not easy. And uh, mm. yeah, I don't know. I, I don't ever want to lie about that as well. Like, I don't ever want people to think, oh my gosh, like she's, she's figured it out. Now her problems will never come back, but it's very cyclical. And I think as women as well, um, we forget that our whole lives is a cycle. And so sometimes it, sometimes things will come back around and you just have to deal with it in a different way. No, no cycles ever the same. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, so I want to tone it back a little bit because you have this issue and then, but you also working in a beauty industry for some time as well. Right. Yeah. Well, I, <laughs> I didn't necessarily work in the industry. I was very um, aware of it, Mm -hmm. I think, because I, so, I mean, Hong Kong is very, like, heavy Mm -hmm. on the beauty Mm -hmm. standards, uh, as is everywhere in the world. But I never felt the same pressure being in the UK as I did in Hong Kong for some reason. Mm -hmm. Um, My sister's a ballerina, so I had a direct contrast of what, a skinny beautiful woman would look like versus me mm. at the time and that was a huge um no fault of her own but that was something that I then internalized and and, and had issues with of being compared um but I I worked in in the illustration and design industry that was what I trained as as a, as a designer um and those things are complete like your looks are completely irrelevant like it doesn't matter yeah. what you can be a great designer but I actually was a fitness influencer um between the ages of 16 to 18 and Mm. that was when I got my first taste of what it was like to be social media savvy and I started getting brand deals very young in Hong Kong and Mm. the problem with that is I mean so many things but 
I was so young, so impressionable. And again, everything was down to the way I looked. And it was all about having washboard abs and a, you know, a cute butt and like, you know, having all the right um, workout gear. And it was all about the look. And I, I fell victim to that for many years. So Mm. breaking out of that was very difficult when I had to start healing the eating disorder that was developed as a result of that lifestyle um, to then put on weight on purpose and, and, and retrain my mind to see beauty as anything outside of my physical body yeah yeah <clears throat> so so in that sense I hear that confidence actually doesn't really come on having a perfect look like oh. how you thought you supposed to be right mm-hmm. because it sounds like at that, that at that time your confidence was might be at the lowest yeah 100% all I did was care about like what I was eating and how many times I could work out in a day. And I was constantly thinking about my looks, whereas now maybe, okay, maybe not this past week and a half, I've been conscious of my skin, but aside from that, now I know that I'm beautiful as I am without needing to, to think that hard about it. And I'm not here to, to prove it either. And I think there's this, like that, sense of back then anyways there's a sense of like oh my gosh I need everyone to know that I'm beautiful because I can't convince myself so let me try and convince everybody else and maybe that that would make me feel better it didn't (laughs) (laughs) oh wow I know you already shortened so much your story you know but from the age of 18 until now you have like 16 even you've gone through a lot so it of course i i don't believe in like you need to be 30 35 or 40 45 to become a coach it's about how life experience uh have made you the the person who you are today and actually how much work you put on yourself because it's i believe it a tons of work that you you have done for yourself in order to get out of that that place um so Let's talk a little bit like how did you find the clarities in that moment of loss and so broken um, in order to become Shan today? So I hit a rock bottom moment, which I think everybody does in whatever context of, you know, of your struggle. Um, I hit rock bottom when my parents said to me, um, I think it was like New Year's Eve or something. They were like, mm. we don't recognize you anymore physically, but also like mentally, like you're just not our daughter. You're not Sean. And they said, if I didn't get better, they would want to put me back on the birth control pill because at least they knew that that would help my skin. And I saw that as like, I saw it as a threat at the moment at that time because I was like absolutely fucking not like there's a reason why I came off that because I didn't want to be on it um I personally just knew that my body wasn't going to be healthy long term on the pill and I needed to heal naturally and I needed to regulate my hormones and my body naturally and so you know that's the main reason why I came off it um but everyone around me couldn't understand why I was insisting on on going through this natural path when my skin was just getting worse and worse. My mental health was getting worse. My physical health was getting worse. They were like looking at me. It looked like I was just destroying myself, but I knew that I had to go through it. Like you have to just, instead of 
finding more shortcuts and, and quick fixes, I was like, I have to just hold on. And eventually I'll get onto the other side. But when my parents did that, and I know it came from a place of love, I said to them, okay, I promise in a month, I'll get, give me one month. And this sounds like something out of a movie, so cheesy, but I, I don't know why, for some reason I was like, give me one month. And if I'm not better and I don't see any results, I'll let you put me back on the pill. And that was the agreement we had. And something obviously just clicked in my mind, that decision, that determination to actually make it happen. Um, I, I started to find faith and I started to believe in what I was doing. And whether or not that was a placebo effect or, or actually I was just coming across things that started to help myself. Um, it doesn't matter, whatever it was, it was some sort of divine intervention. And I started to actually see results and I, I suddenly would read the right thing or I would start, you know, practicing um, gratitude. I would start writing in my, in my journal. I could only write three things at the time because I, I was so depressed that I was like three things that I'm grateful for is a, it's, it's a huge stretch. Like I can't even think of one, <laughs> but I was like, all right, I'm all right. Three. And um, I started doing that and I started to just believe that what I was doing was actually going to produce something. And so that, that, and then on top of that, I had an awakening and I connected to God for the first time on my own. I didn't realize it was God at the time. My spiritual journey has been uh, very, murky up until up until then and um I didn't even realize it was God until only a few years ago but I I look back now and I would speak to God and I would I would pray and I would ask for help and I would also um put it out there you know through my words and, and affirm to myself that things were going to get better for me and I think yeah so so I guess I was I was a living living manifestation of my thoughts and that was the first time I actually put that connection together before I knew what affirmations were and what manifestation mm -hmm. was and all that jazz it was just like something that I I just realized um so yeah mm -hmm. that, that wow. I remember the, you know. <laughs> <laughs> no it's super powerful um I I think yesterday evening I was watching one of your very very old video where you shared about that like when you share the how you heal your acne by mm. changing your brain it yes. like in the time that we even didn't have reels or anything yet yeah it's like <laughs> the Instagram uh, IGTV or IGTV. something yeah and I was like wow it um but I don't know if you know about Vincent, the guy who actually the founder of My Valley is like a platform. Oh, uh -huh. So mm -hmm. she he also have a very um uh like a viral video on YouTube on how he healed his uh, skin just mm -hmm. by using the brain uh mm -hmm. and what he he talked um uh to himself. So when I saw your video, then I'm like, boom. So there are now two examples of how, yeah. how powerful our brain and our thought actually uh, can do to our body and actually to, to, to everything. Because that video actually went viral and some of the Miss Universe, they learn it to heal their skin before the competition as well. Wow. That's why she got, he got so famous. Uh, famous on these and last night when I saw that video of the view I'm like wow she did the right thing yeah <laughs> wow um, yeah. Mm -hmm. 
Well, was that the reason why you become a coach? Um, no. Mm. The truthfully, the reason I became a coach was because I knew that people wanted to learn from me. Mm. Whatever it was that they wanted to learn from, whatever it is that they saw in me, they they were willing to invest in me. And I was like, okay, I am not going to throw this opportunity away. I do want to help. It's something that I, I think is important. But I find that the way I feel the best um, helping is through my content, my storytelling. Mm. Mm. Um, that's where I feel the most fulfilled. Coaching to me is, is, is fun. It's great. I do enjoy it. And I'm grateful I get to do it. But the real, the real kind of like pride for me is creating the content itself. Yeah. Like the content that helps others. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And in the beginning, you already said it, it's one of the gifts. And I think you have this gift also because you, you went through so much break, <laughs> breakdowns in your life. And all of yeah. that just just from you. No one can take out that experience, that pain that you have to go through from you. Yeah. So that's why it's so unique and is the thing that you can offer to the world. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Um, and so I'm sure in I would love to give the audience a little bit more like a, a guidance from you. So if they are in some sort of situation like this, like they are just living through day by day and a lot of moments that they feel like they giving, want to give up, mm. what can you, um, if you were in that situation, what can you do and what, what sort of like guidance that you can give so they can take it, some piece of advice and then maybe apply it to themselves? Okay. Um... Well, I suppose I can share this an, ex, an example, the story of what I did when I realized I needed to get out of that autopilot um, mm -hmm. mode where the thoughts are repetitive and I can't seem to find a way out. What I did was get a part-time job um, at a coffee shop when I was 18, 19 years old uh, in London. And I worked all throughout my university years, um, but the first year, no, the first half of the year when I was there, uh, I was so depressed that I was just, I can't even like think of doing that. But when I wanted to start getting better and I was like, no, I've made the decision. I want to get better. Not that it was every day and not that it was all day every day, but there were moments where I was like, I really do want to feel better and I want to live better. And I want to be happier. Um, I decided to apply for a job and I'm not saying get a job. <laughs> If you have a job already, that's fine. Find something, an equivalent of that, but put yourself in a position where you were committed to something outside of your mind and jolt yourself into, into this new reality, whether that's, you know, learning a new skill or being around people, um, or you are being held to some sort of standard. I had to show up to this job, no matter what I couldn't call in and say, Hey, my skin sucks. I'm not coming in. They'd be like, fuck off. Like you're fired. <laughs> you know, so, <laughs> these certain responsibilities outside of myself that I was like, I, I want to commit to this and I want to show myself I can do it. And it's, it was like a bare minimum thing, but what it did was take me out of my head and into my physical body and when I was doing the physical work of making coffees and serving people and being there I realized 
uh, it just put everything into perspective for me. And I was like, oh my God, people don't care about my skin. People don't care. I don't even care because when you start meeting more people and you realize that life is so much more um, uh, vibrant and varied and diversified beyond your troubles in your head and in your mind, you start to see that actually a lot of the time, as painful as this is, a lot of the things that you think are honestly choices that you make, those repetitive thoughts that you choose. And I hated anybody fucking telling me that because then that makes you seem like, oh, what, so you're saying it's all my fault that I'm depressed? You're saying that I'm blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Absolutely. Like, I was so defensive of that and I get it. But but choosing as well to do something that um, is out of your norm can be the most healing thing ever. And that. I don't think people do that enough because they're afraid. And um, as, as Luca says, you know, and as Luca is an expert on fear, go and listen to that episode. We <laughs> <laughs> won't get into that too much, but just in terms of breaking out of your comfort zone and realizing you're more capable than you let on, um, a lot of your mental cages will, will start to open. So I would say do something, do something like that. And, and it can be literally anything. Just, I think do something physical um, and not mental. So don't study. <laughs> to be yeah. honest. Do something physical, like learn a new sport or learn a skill with your hands or something like that. Uh, yeah. I think the mind, physical body power is very, very underrated. Yeah. Wow. And actually it also put yourself in such a grounded place as well. When you do that kind of thing, you're so grounded because you're not up on here in your head yeah. all the time anymore. Wow. This is a very great advice. I, <laughs> and I, I believe in like doing things like that, put yourself in different perspective and slowly, slowly, day by day, it changed the way how you look into the, the thing that you, you thought it always a problem. Um, yes. as well and i i also believe in that same you changing from a victim mindset mm. from a growth mindset so so like you just said instead of just being in your head of job issue you actually see the world has so much more thing to offer to you yeah you know and then again that aha moment and then you're like hey i actually can pick up a little bit and a little bit more absolutely yeah. And not to devalue people's experiences as well. Like I know, I know everyone goes through their own versions of their struggles. Um, but I think there is, is value in seeing the world has bigger problems than you too. Um, it's, a, it's like, um, it's like a fine line, but when I was working in the coffee shop and I, and I'd see, you know, for example, there was this there's this guy who was working as a kitchen porter, like he was clean, like he was just washing dishes essentially. And he was one of the sweetest, most genuine guys. And he would lift like the energy in the room. And I remember thinking to myself, like, how dare I complain about my life when this guy's getting paid less than minimum wage. And he's exuding this energy of love and gratitude when I have so much more than him. And it made me come back down to earth a little bit and, and recognize that, you know, I, I have so much. And even though my life is not what I necessarily wanted it to be at the time, um, people like him really helped me put things into perspective. And yeah, and I think, you know, to, to learn how to give, I think is a really healing thing too. Um, I think we're so used to just receiving all the time. We want everything to be better. We want this, we want that. But sometimes being able to say, I'm, I'm, I'm giving away, uh, even if that's just like a moment of my time or my attention or, or a smile or something, 
can again take you out of your head and that kind of selfishness that inherently as humans we are and that you know that's not a judgment like the selfishness doesn't need to be a negative thing but I think to 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 not be selfish and to be selfless it's a very powerful thing to do yeah I need this quote (laughs) (laughs) from you to write out in in our introductions for this episode okay um we're running out of time. I already see I'm not going to keep you for too long anymore. So I have the last questions because we're talking, um, we're repeating a lot of the word healing here. So I want to have the last questions about healing. So what does the word healing mean to you? Because you know, nowadays, uh, I, I think, especially with Gen Z, um, mm. when mental health, when self-love, everything more um, educated. For sure, in my generation, no one talk about this. If you feel traumatized, go to school more, go to work more, no rest. Um, but with Gen Z, I see the movement and I think it's super important uh, nowadays that you take care of your health, you take care of what happened in the past, because if you don't heal, then you cannot get into a new relationship. You cannot do even better job or even become a better person of yourself so i just wanted to yeah ask you what healing means to you and how far you are in this journey and what is the most important lesson that you have been learning so far that you can put here for the audience to hear as well hmm. i think healing is a a choice to I think healing is a choice to look at the wounds, but more importantly, to make sure that they they don't affect you uh, in the future. Mm-hmm. And I think it, it can be as simple as that. I think sometimes we, especially as you said, like Gen Z and, and our generation right now, and just society in general, I think we've gotten a little confused about what it actually means to heal because it's become so commercialized and everybody's trying to capitalize on on healing. But healing is a very simple choice of I, of saying, I no longer want this to dictate my life and dictate my actions. Um, and however way you go about doing that, whether that's you know going to a therapist, which I have not done, that's not the traditional thing. Nowadays, it's like get a therapist or go to yoga or you know do ayahuasca or yeah. go and buy a bunch of crystals and you know, meditate with it. Whatever it is, like if that if that's what works for you and calls to you, great. But honestly, healing can be as simple as crying or listening to music that reminds you of your childhood and allowing your childhood memories to flood flood your mind and take over and just sit with that. Maybe healing is, you know, going for a walk in the rain and, and letting go of what, of the idea of what you look like. Maybe you look crazy, you know, and people are like, why is she walking around in the rain? <laughs> like just like <laughs> getting soaked, who knows? Whatever it is, I think, I think we, we need to stop thinking that it's a, it's a, it's a textbook guide and, and to stop being so um, rigid with, with healing. So I suppose as like a word of advice, I suppose would be to just, do the things that make you feel liberated and if liberation comes in the form of yeah i don't know like riding a motorcycle and feeling adrenaline that could be healing things that sitting in a therapist's office never could um and as for your final question in terms of healing my journey like my personal healing journey i mean it's it's i think that's a trick question because because you know as much as i do that it's never ever ending and it's a constant thing but i suppose like right now 
being in Asia and having spent a lot of time on my own in the last few weeks um, and sitting with my thoughts and looking at my skin and, and really like, basically I've had, to, I've had like a, like a magnifying glass on myself in the last few weeks, reminding myself that my journey is not linear is, has been the biggest um, wake up call. Again, like sometimes we need to be woken up to the same lesson over and over and over again until it hits. And I've been hit with the same lesson, which is, you know, my skin does not define me and my, my beauty and my worth and who, who I am as a person is not, is not relative. Um, and not being so judgmental of myself for that as well for taking perhaps what feels like several steps back because I know a lot of people they only ever want to take steps forward and you got to remember failing failing forward is just as valuable um and I think you know if you can take away anything from from your life if you're failing that means you're doing something right because you're only ever going to learn yeah for me so beautiful <laughs> it's so like i just have to knock my head like this because i it's just so resonate to even we we not might be in the same path but mm. i i also think healing is the ability to not numb yourself uh mm. from your emotions and you acknowledge of your emotions and then whatever action you take in order to like release um to feel yeah, yeah. i i think it's it just uh really important and you know yourself the most and you you need to choose what works for you yeah and also um the lesson you have to learn again and again i feel you so much because i feel like one day i have been doing so much work for myself and i thought i'm getting there you know and then mm -hmm. something happened again and i have to look back like hey i still need to work on this thing again because i'm not there yet but i get that the beautiful of the healing journey it makes us become a better human being <laughs> yes absolutely yes. I'll get hit in the head 10,000 times <laughs> until, until it resonates with me. Um, oh, yeah. But I, th I mean, at the end of the day, we're only human and we're stubborn as hell and we don't ever want to be like, you know, oh, I have to do that again. But Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much, Sean. It's such a pleasure to to have a chat with you. Um, oh, where are we going to find you on social media and all of that thing? Well, first, thank you for having me as well. It's been so nice to speak to you. Um, and you can find me on Instagram with at Shanae. Um, yeah, I know. People never know how to actually pronounce that username. It's either yeah. Shanae or Johnny, whatever you want. <laughs> I'm going to put all of the information about Shan on our description yeah. of this podcast, her website, her retreat in Bali next year, yeah. her Instagram as well. Um, come follow her. Um, see this amazing girl sharing her content, her wisdom, her lesson. It just like, um, yeah, can make it a part of your day. Um, and thank you so much, everyone, for tuning in uh, again with us today and listen to us. And don't forget to follow my podcast give us uh give it a rating so more people can find it as well and, and please follow me on my instagram at amplify your confidence underscore underscore podcast once again thank you and see you next time bye bye, bye. <laughs>